an Irishman and a Pakistani get stranded on a desert island. It's not a joke. It's uh, today's podcast. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Abdurrahim McCarthy. Assalamu alaikum, Rahmatullah, everyone watching at home. We have uh, actually a, a thinner, uh, much more youthful looking uh, tribute act to Sheikh Abdul Rahim McCarthy. Uh, he's, uh, he's a lookalike, so we thought we'd have him, have him on. No, I have this actually uh, quite often. Uh, yeah. It's happened to me that it, uh, they say, you look just like Sheikh Abdurrahim McCarthy, mashallah. <laughs> and I remember one time, brother, he met me and he said, mashallah, you look just like Sheikh Abdurrahim. He said, the only difference between you and Sheikh McCarthy is that Sheikh McCarthy is fatter than you. <laughs> so I said, alhamdulillah, I said, all the hard work is paying off, yeah. alhamdulillah. How did you do it, mashallah? Uh, it's a long story, actually. Yeah. But um, I started when, um, you know, working out um, and being more consistent in my workout and my diet. And I started to go down gradually. Yeah. But I think one of the mistakes that I made in the beginning is that the motivational videos I was watching were actually like, you know, the bodybuilders were yeah. like eating too much. So I was eating, I was getting, you know, better and stronger and, and, and in shape, but I wasn't really losing weight. Mm. So I decided that, you know, I had to do something drastic. And we were, you know, in the Middle East for some time and I went back to Ireland and we decided to go on a 100% vegan diet, you know, that kind of like shocked the body. Wow, just, vegan? Yeah, just like... Uh, even though I'm against veganism, I don't really, I don't believe in it. Especially after my experience, I'm being like yeah. the most anti-vegan person in the world now. Yeah. Subhanallah, because of the experience I went through, uh, <laughs> it was horrible. I did lose some weight, but uh, wasn't a pleasant experience. Yeah. I can tell you that much. I did. I tried a vegan diet as well. I went, I think, 48 hours. And that was it. Huh? Toba. Yeah, you, yeah you I mean, it was, it. It, was, it was it was interesting. I felt really like full up all the time. They're really bloated and stuff. Yeah, that was, carbs, the, that was the problem. Carbs and yeah, stuff. So basically, I, no, I, actually, I didn't eat any carbs. I only yeah. ate salads, fruits and salads. That's wow. it. Just fruit salads. Or fruits or, or carbs. Or, yeah, when yeah, they turned to carbs, yeah. yeah. And I didn't have like any rice yeah. or anything like that. No, yeah, I'm talking yeah, about just yeah. like just vegetables and fruits. That's it. And I did that for 17 days. Wow. And it was a, a, a really horrible experience, honestly. Yeah. Because what happened is that the, the bloating, because now you're, you're not getting any of the proteins you used to get, and it's just all these fibers that are coming in. Yeah. So I read about it and I researched and I understood, because I wake up in the morning, I have this thin stomach, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, it's sticking yeah. out, and, and, and it would bloat so bad that it would cause pain on my back. Wow. Even when I would walk to the masjid, it was like, you know, it would be so painful sometimes. Mm -hmm. I felt like I wanted to cry. That's how painful it was. Mm. And I read about it, and they said that's normal. Sometimes take like a month or a month and a half for you to get over that. So I said, okay, I'll be patient. Because I was going to go for a bit longer. <laughs> get this vegan yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it, man, you know. <laughs> so then, uh, but then I noticed, like, around the 14, 15 day, I started to notice that the the libido was, like, <laughs> negative 50. There was, there was nothing here, nothing, no movement, oh, no, no desires. So I was like, this is strange. You know, ne never lot. happened in my life before. <laughs> so I said, this I have to research. And I started to research and go online, watch videos on YouTube, read what I could. Yeah. And I'm watching all these vegans like, oh, that's natural, it's normal. I'm like, <laughs> like no, no, it's not actually. This is not normal. And then and even one was like, yeah, but after you get through it, you don't, you don't care about that stuff anymore. I was like, no, oh my gosh. I, was like, I, was like, you, I would you, hate veganism too. I was like, you guys are weird, you know? And then I saw one video where the guy said that he said six months. He went through it, he said no movement whatsoever, you know, for six months. Until one day he said that his father forced him to have some raw salmon and he woke up in the in the morning and was back to normal, you know, functioning fully, you know. So as soon as I heard that, I was, I was on the night of the 17th day, I went downstairs, we had some salmon, and we had some eggs, and bismillah, it was, it was, it was yeah. over. And got an 18 plus uh, rating on this. Yeah, so. bismillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. But after that, you know, basically what I did, uh, so I lost about seven kgs doing that, and then I went like on a uh, a keto-ish type of diet, you know. Which you mean seven k? Seven, you lost seven kgs after the salmon experience? Uh, uh, no, after the before. 
okay. vegan, 17 days of vegan. Because you know, yeah. any diet you do, even if you leave carbs, what's going to happen yeah. to the body? It shocks the body. The body's not used to it. You're going to lose weight. Wakes so up it's not, it, it wasn't really like, you know, hats off to veganism. Because yeah. if you shock, even I've done it before where I left all carbs and I, I lost like four or five ki yeah. kilos. So that can that can happen. This thing called a carnivore diet as well, yeah, like yeah. the opposite. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, my, my wife actually tried that. Only, she, only she, she enjoyed it much more than than. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, this thing diet. about libido is interesting. I think uh, I remember reading like uh, some of the books of the Muslim scholars talking about the how to hone the desires, and they said there's a link between eating meat and mm. and uh, the sexual desire as well. Apparently so. Yes. Yeah, I think it was Imam Ghazali. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems to, it seems to be clear from from yeah. that experience. <laughs> <laughs> and from what others were saying as well, subhanAllah. Yeah. Now so you've got uh, the, the, the kashf. Yeah, that's it, man. The dhawq has. It's there, big Ain yaqeen. Ain yaqeen, no doubt about Seeing that. Seeing is Yeah, it is, alhamdulillah. So okay, after alhamdulillah, I continued alhamdulillah working out and you know, trying to eat well. Alhamdulillah, I lost about 12 mm -hmm. kgs. So now I'm at the middle stage. And now I'm going to mm -hmm. cut down a bit more and then we'll see where we go from there, inshallah. Okay, mashallah. Maybe next year we can uh, come back and. Uh, you know, <laughs> so check out the six pack. <laughs> I'll give it a go as well, inshallah. Inshallah, yeah. inshallah. So, um, yeah, you, you uh, tell us about uh, what you've been doing recently, please. I mean, you you moved from, I mean, you grew up in, uh, a lot of people will know you grew up in um, the USA. You were yeah. born and raised there. I, Irish uh, kind of extraction. Yeah. Uh, you went back home to Ireland for a while. Yeah. Actually, it, it was very interesting because um, when I decided to move back to Ireland, uh, I call it back. Yeah, back even to, though you were born to, and raised in back to the homeland, bro. Yeah. That's what it is, man. <laughs> so the um, I asked different mashaykh and different you know people of experience and who you know lived in the West and you know should I go back or not? And because when, when I would when I turned eight when, eight when I was eighteen, I became Muslim, and then I went out to study and I stayed overseas studying for over thirteen years, and then I ended up you know going to work in Sudan and you know worked in, and then started my 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 dawah career. I guess mm, there you know, mm. or learning my you know when I first started my dawah there, and then it started international international uh, lecturing, traveling, and what have you, and uh, internationally. Did a stint on Peace TV. Uh, yeah, and then the Peace TV. Yeah. That's when it started in 2009, and then you know Huda TV and the other TV channels, and then I moved to Dubai and stayed there for about three and a half, almost four years, and then I. Assalamualaikum guys, sorry to butt in, eh? but if you're enjoying this podcast, please head over to islamtunancy.com forward slash donate to help us make more. And if you're not enjoying it, head over anyway and help us make better ones. And I want to help the down in the West and I had this dream or this, you know, inspiration to kind of build and do things in Ireland because there was no English speaking du'at there or, or students of knowledge. You know, there's some people giving da'wah, but you know, like as a talib, student of knowledge, there's no one there who was an English speaker. So I would have been, you know, I was the first in, from that uh, aspect. So I decided to go back and build there. Mm -hmm. And from the people who warned me not to go was uh, Sheikh Yusuf Estes. Yeah. He, he has the experience. He said, now it looks good. And he said, the people are, you know, promising you this and you're saying this. He said, the mm -hmm. same people who are supporting you now and telling you to come, he said, they're the ones who are going to stab you in your back when you go. They're the ones who are going to cause you problems. Yeah. And he said, you're going, my son, through a midlife crisis. <laughs> and he said, don't do it. He said, you're comfortable where you are living in the Middle East, so you're doing well there, yeah. you and your family, he said, stay there. But obviously sometimes, as you say, you know, you have to go through something, learn yourself yeah. in order to experience it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I didn't listen to his advice, but every now and then I go back to his email, and it was actually much deeper yeah. than that. And everything he said would happen to me from the Muslims in Ireland or in the West, it happened, and just as he said, subhanAllah. And that's what happens in experience. Yeah. And that's one of the things I focus on now, and I, don't know, I, I think I was speaking to you the other day about, mm. recently when I was in, in Malaysia, I was, and I was visiting Sheikh Hussein Yee, uh, 
I always benefit the Sheikh and I benefit because you know the people who have yeah. you know the experience in Dawah and he was he became Muslim seven years before I was born. He was giving Dawah to people before I was born. Yeah. Him and Sheikh Bilal Phillips they were students in the Islamic University in Medina yeah. when I was uh, when I was born. So these people who have this experience and it's very important we need to re revive it or put into the mind of mm. the youth, these are the people who go to, to benefit and to gain from their experience. Mm. And subhanAllah, I always benefit so much from him when I sit with him. So I said, this time, I said, just being a, another visit, as I'm in Malaysia with my mm. family, I went and I had my son with me and I said, we're gonna record this time. Alhamdulillah, he even brought his team in and we recorded. Mm. And the question that I asked him was, mistakes that I made in Dawah. The mistakes that you made, mm. so we can avoid them. The You know, my generation or even the, the youth who are coming up younger than mm. me, so when we're coming up in the path of da'wah, the things that we shouldn't fall into. And yeah. subhanAllah, even before I was Muslim, one of the things, I got into a lot of trouble, by the way, alhamdulillah, but it ended up guiding me to Islam, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. But one of the things that kept me out, I think, from major trouble or even more trouble was the fact that I would hang out with people who were older than me and they had experience maybe doing, you know, these criminal type of things, but they say, look, we messed up and did this. So I said, okay, let me stay away from it and not do yeah. it. And I wouldn't get and it has much intergenerational yeah. knowledge transfer. Yeah, alhamdulillah. So yeah. I mean, that's what we have to uh, we have to benefit from those who have have that experience. Yeah, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. So that's what, that's one of the things I'm focusing on now is trying to benefit from those things to remind myself and to remind mm -hmm. the others because I see a lot of the mistakes that the people are making, the youth who are coming up, they're going through the same mistakes that you know that we went through and that you know our mashaykh mm -hmm. who are older than us went through. When they should benefit from the experience they have in front of them and yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> And not fall into the and same. What were some of the mistakes that Sheikh Hussein Yee was talking about? Obviously, I think a lot of it was the issue maybe of shidda being a bit too harsh, mm. uh, and, and I think all of us go through that. Maybe it's maybe it's the hormones. Yeah. You know? I was telling you the other maybe day, I said, eating too much meat. Yeah, maybe eating too much <laughs> meat. You know, no. I said, you know, I, you know, as uh, like I said, now I'm very mellow. I've really yeah. mellow out these days. So, I mean, th this happens. I think all of us go through through transitions. But if you're someone who's clever, even if you're younger and you have those, you know, that testosterone. I remember yeah. one of our jujitsu coaches. They used to always say, you know, that the, the younger guys, they'd always be like, you know, going at it really hard and, you know, throwing each other down on the takedowns really hard. Mm -hmm. Whereas the, the older older guys, we'd be, you know, taking it a bit easier. And she said, it's always, you know, it's the t testosterone that you guys yeah, have yeah. where you guys are just going at it too hard sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something normal. But nonetheless, and as Islam teaches us in many things, to be able to control yourself, to be able to benefit from the yeah. the, the, the mistakes of others. That's why, you know, the stories in the Quran are mentioned yeah, so about, of the people before us, yeah. what they fell into, how they went astray, how they were guided. So we yeah. can take, you know, from those stories and implement in our lives. And you know, there's a really interesting study that uh, one of our mashayikh, they, they, they mentioned in Yale, in the maths department there. They had, um, they, they did an experiment. You went to Yale, I was thinking about no, another, no, no, no. another, our mashayikh, an, another yeah. controversial <laughs> that, you had, that you had recently. Yeah, we'll get on to that. Uh, so in the maths department there, yeah. they, had, they did an experiment. They split up the students into two yeah. camps. Um, one control group, they, be, but they gave them both an impossible problem to solve. And they were basically measuring, they were testing how long did it take for them to, you know, quit, basically. Mm. So they split them up into two groups. One was just normal. The other one, they said the person who invented this, he had the same, he was from the same faculty as you guys. That was the only difference between the two. Mm. This one very tenuous connection they had between the, the control group and this test group. And they found out that the test group strove, the people who, who were told that this problem was written by someone in your faculty here, they strove 50% harder, longer, before they gave up, and that is just the, um, you know, the, the that one little connection they had between with, with that with that problem, and and they reminded us of we're discussing. Uh, Allah says, you know, 
exactly. Allah says, you know, uh, about all these stories that the Prophet ﷺ is given, it's what Allah uses to make firm his heart. Exactly. And so if you see someone who's been through the same struggle as you, if you see someone who's, you know, um, you know, uh, even in, in back in before you, you know, you became Muslim, you, you, you have that connection with the people. I don't exactly. know if they were IRA or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, actually, I was asked that one time. I was stopped yeah. in the airport. In actually, the UK. Yeah, you're an American. I forgot. Uh, yeah. No, no, it was in the, in the, in the UK. They actually yeah. they, they stopped me one time and they asked okay. me all these questions. I'm that I was very, very frank as I always am. Yeah. And I think that always makes it easy for them is that. And they said, you know, they, they, they took my phone. They said, are we going to find anything here? I said, look, I said, whatever I say <laughs> in my lectures, on my Facebook page, in my private message, I said, yeah. you'll never, ever find any difference. I said, it's impossible. Yeah. You'll never find it. Because what I say to you, what I say in private, it never changes. So there's no way you're going to find anything yeah. different. So take it if you want. I have nothing to hide. So And as I was, I was getting up, the guy asked me a question. He said, what do you know about, and he said a word in, in Gaelic. And I said, uh, what does that mean? He said, you don't know. And I said, no, I don't know. He said, you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm sure. I never heard it in my I'm life. I'm sure, wink, wink. And he's like, uh, IRA, what do you have to say about them? And I was like, whoa. I said, I, I, said, I, I, said, I got enough problems with the Muslims, man. <laughs> so I'm not that Irish. Don't worry about it. Yeah, right. Muslim and Irish. That's uh, like a double whammy. Yeah, he was, was, like, yeah, so was, was asking. I was like, whoa. Was like, oh God. And that's one of the questions, you know, you, you would never think would come. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, Bismillah. SubhanAllah. That's crazy, man. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, back to the, the, the advice from Sheikh Hussain Yee. Yes, yeah, yeah, so so yeah, so I mean, there was, there was yeah, many harsh. gyms. If you if you go back to it's on my yeah. YouTube channel, twenty three minutes. Yeah. And he, but I mean, I think just you know, but that was one of the main things. You know, yeah. just is, is is being more softer, thinking things out. Uh, you know, not being judgmental, not yeah. rushing to things. You know, and, and sometimes you know we we, we want to get the truth across so hard that we just you know we we, we hit hard and we come hard. Yeah. But that actually drives people away. And sometimes you realize that oh subhanallah, if I came back and done it. That's what the, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet sallallahu He's the Prophet mm -hmm. And who does he have around him? The best of people. Mm -hmm. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And if you were someone who, you know, you were, you were harsh, harsh, harsh then they would yeah. have, have run away from you. They would have went, went away. Yeah. SubhanAllah. So this is, any, any, this is what we need to remind yeah. ourselves of those working in da'wah about being soft, about being merciful yeah. and, and the approach. And we talked, I mean, uh, I believe I, I spoke with you before about that, is that a lot of times people get in trouble because not necessarily what they say, but how they how say, they say it. it. Many yeah. of the du'at, if, if we yeah. look, and subhanAllah, they said, if, if he had just reworded that, yeah. or if he had, you know, came to the same conclusion, but, you know, took a bit of a detour to the right, and yeah. then came back to the middle and said it, he could have said the same thing and not got himself or, the, or, or, or his organization or yeah. those people around him in trouble. I think part of the issue is that maybe a lot of, uh, especially if someone's English not their first language. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And if they're translating in their mind, for example, that something happens, that's, yeah, yeah. that's uncontroversial. Exactly. And yeah. you kind of say in English. You see, you see a lot of it. Yeah, subhanAllah. Just kind of rewinding back a bit, um, you mentioned uh, maybe something a bit controversial when you're saying Sheikh Yusuf Estes was saying, you know, the people will. Uh, what did he say? Sell you out or yeah, stab you in the back? Stab you in the back. What's that about? Yeah, because obviously you'll find like. Sorry, Sheikh Yusuf Estes is still in the U.S. Or? Yeah, yeah, he's still there. Okay. And because obviously you know you'll find that a lot of times you know that you know people who say they want to support the Dawa and they're behind the Dawa, and then once you start you know to come into especially in, in the Masajid for some reason yeah. the Masajid in the West, you know I I reached the conclusion that you know the Masajid in the West unfortunately are you know some of the, the probably the biggest barrier between us and giving da'wah wow you know even now when people Hadouken! ask me when I, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I travel across you know the, the world people oh Masha Ireland 
You know, because people like Irish people. Irish people yeah. are nice people. So how is Islam in Ireland? How is it? I said, well, Ireland is, is beautiful. Ireland is wonderful. The Irish are, are, are you know, fantastic. The non-Muslims. The, yeah, the non-Muslims, yeah. yeah. But they say, well, what's the main problem when it comes to, you know, Islam in Ireland? I said, the fact that we have Muslims there. If there was no Muslims, it would be a fantastic place to live, you know? Unfortunately, this is the, this is the, this oh, is the reality. Uh, a lot of people say, uh, mm. unfortunately, like if a lot of the kind of converts or reverts, wherever they prefer, they say, had I seen Muslims before I learned about yeah. Islam, I wouldn't have become Muslim. It, it, it's so true. We hear it all the time, but it's the reality, yeah, you know. Because if you if you see the reality, and you see some things that we have to go go through, yeah. and you, then that you, you'll see the reality. That's Subhanallah. Yeah. And so it's it's a huge challenge for our reverts, obviously, because you see in the books certain things, and you read about yeah. it. Like, it's amazing. Then all of a sudden, even you see, in the Quran, Subhanallah, yeah. the the ayah, Rabbana la taj'alna fitnatan lilladina. Kafaru. And, 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 and that you could take that as well. Yeah, don't make us a tribulation or a trial for the disbelieving people. And that's the reality, because when we give we give da'wah sometimes yeah. to non-Muslims, and they read about Islam or they hear about Islam, they talk to you about Islam, they see how that makes sense. Yeah. And they say, I could, I could, I, they I could go with that. But they say, if it, if it was truly beneficial, it was truly good, yeah. why didn't it benefit you guys? Yeah. Why are the Muslims in the situation there? Why this country is like that, that country? Why are the immigrants, when they come to our countries yeah. they're doing this and that so this is the thing is that they see that and that's actually subhanallah it's a it's a it's a, it's a mm. beautiful example and he, that we really need to think about and any muslim living in the west needs to always remember that ayah that he doesn't become a fitna yeah. a tribulation for you know the, the non-muslims because they see islam through us and i'll tell you a story subhanallah when we first when i first moved to ireland one of the uh, tasks i had with one of the brothers he asked me to come he had uh mashallah, may, may allah bless him he had a former and it was a hospital and he actually gave, you know, the things away for charity, all, all of the things to Gaza. He sent it to Gaza and he paid for that. And then he opened up his, his center to be a, a mosque or to be an, an Islamic center. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and then uh, when he went for the, the planning permission to open it, he didn't get the, the hours, you know, so he couldn't like use it for Isha. We couldn't use it for Fajr. So mm -hmm. as, as a masjid or to pray in any ways, we couldn't use it as a masjid. So basically it was an information center, but obviously we're using it to pray five times a day. But we weren't able to use it when we opened it. Yeah. And, the, and one of the main things was is that we had... Uh, one of the neighbors who was so against us yeah and she was like you know it was just her you know she had this vendetta against islam and muslims so we just you know figured you know astaghfirullah this you know kafir a hater you know this is mm. everybody's thinking but subhanallah when we actually found out what the problem let was let me guess hmm. can i guess hmm. it was people parking outside of a it, driveway one light, one light started on a parking spot really? one light. subhanallah it started on a parking spot with one of the brothers who was living there next to the next to the masjid and he disputed with her over who had the more right to this certain parking spot. Yeah. And the brother yelled at her, raised his voice to her, and then raised his hand. And like threatened to hit her. And she jumped back and she was like, wow, you know. So it, it escalated to that. So then mm. what did she see? Muslim, beard, Arab guy, you know. Yeah. And, and she just marked all Muslims with, 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 the, with the same color, you yeah. know. And then later what happened, like when I moved in there, she's like looking at me, you know, uh, beard. <laughs> Another one of them, huh? See my wife like with the niqab and this. But he's a white one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so she's looking at us, but I'm, you know, I, I, I'm generally, I'm, I try to always be Show nice them, to everyone. Yeah. So I was just, you know, hi, how you doing, this type of thing. You didn't raise your hand though. Yeah, you said no, that. just hi. Let's say, you know, but anyway, very nice hi. <laughs> but alhamdulillah, so I never had any issues with her myself, but I never actually, you know, spoke with her. But one of yeah. the brothers who was better than me, may Allah bless him, he was living next to us, one of our neighbors, he actually started to speak to her and started to be nicer yeah. to try to, you know, fix the situation. And he found out this story from her she yeah, said after meeting with you and speaking with you she said I've changed my mind about Muslims yeah. 
And she says, subhanAllah, and she said, no, she didn't say, subhanAllah. <laughs> <laughs> so you start with, subhanAllah, that's it. She said that, uh, you know, that uh, I've changed my mind about Muslims because of how nice you are, and I've seen, yeah. you know, how Muslims really are. But your friend from your country, same, yeah, same Arab country, subhanAllah, that he did this and this to me, and that's why I label all Muslims being yeah. the same. So, so look how now, and just how you it become. Itfa'ability uh, uh, yeah, yes, And you see now how that he uh, truly, as they said in the verse, they became a fitna. Yeah, for those individuals, no, they became a, a trial and tribulation for her, where his actions pushed her away from Islam. Where an, another brother, with true Islam and good manners, and you know, being like the, a Muslim should be. I think be. the main thing is akhlaq That's it for the for people around you. I mean, uh, if if it was like if it happened in England, I would maybe give some explanation, maybe about you know hundreds and hundreds of years of indoctrination of with, with racist stereotypes yeah. stuff. But in Ireland, I've seen that just generally non-Muslim Irish people. They don't have the same kind of uh, stereotypes generally against Muslims. Is that a fair kind of assessment, in terms of I, I, I until recently? Because yeah, recently, yeah. I think, they've I think kind of they've been on the receiving end of that's uh, true. English. Th kind that, of that's why you'll find, for example, when it, I think the stereotypes it is there because yeah. of the media, yeah. and I would actually find that interestingly enough, people say, you know, like my wife with her niqab, yeah. I think she found. Le it was very challenging for her, obviously, but maybe it was sometimes less challenging for me than if I were to come like wearing a thobe. Yeah. Because they see me and they know they know I'm Irish, you know, and I'm one of them, but I'm wearing the the clothes of one, one of them, you know. Saint Patrick thobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah so they're like, green thobe. They, they yeah, maybe they, maybe then, right? But they don't they don't get it. So they're like, and they, they would you would see them, like they would be scared, you know. Yeah. Like oh my God, you know, it's 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 one of them, but he's one of us at the same yeah. time. So what's going on? Maybe it was a bit of shock. But my wife, they probably assumed she was Arab or something like this, so they yeah. wouldn't you know think about this. Even one time when she was going, when she had, she had, we had our, our son there, uh, she was in the hospital, and she comes up, so the lady looks at her, and she's like, do you speak English? And she's like, yes, uh, pretty good, actually. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. But she assumed, obviously, she's, yeah. she's not from there. So the Irish people, they're amazing. But you'll see that, when, they, like you said, because they went through that for 800 yeah, years. Yeah. So that's why you'll find that when it comes to, when it comes to the, um, the issue of Palestine, yeah. One of the most countries who you know behind Palestine, Palestinian and, rights, and, and, yeah, rights yeah. they're fantastic. They're always out, in, you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, demonstrating, and you know, mm. even even I remember one politician when he won the elections uh, as a TD, he put up the uh, Palestinian yeah, yeah. flag, you yeah. know. And and even if you look at like the, the some of the um, the government, they had a meeting with the mm. Israeli ambassador, and and they they roasted him, man. You know, they really gave it to him, you know. Yeah, so, I've seen like uh, yeah. you know clips and stuff yeah, yeah. and viral clips. They go, I mean, they go viral. So, so, so they, circles, yeah. but but why is that? Because they went through the same thing. They yeah. were occupied, for colonized, and colonized for yeah. over 800 years. So when they see what the Palestinian Palestinian people are going yeah. through, they have they have that feeling for them. Mm. So Alhamdulillah, for, so like the Irish, it was a, it was an amazing experience. But anyways, even with all the difficulties yeah. that I went through and all of the knives that I received in the backs, would you say what was the reason? Not just I mean, one thing is bad akhlaq. That's unfortunately probably everywhere. But do you think, what, what, is there a unique issue with Muslims in the West, or maybe like disunity or uh, um, sectarianism? Or what, what do you mean? Why, 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 why do we, they look at us in a, in a negative light? No, no I mean, because uh, yeah, someone could say, you know, uh, it's unfair to say the Muslims in the West will stab you in the back or, you know, what, what does well, that look, even... Uh, you, you have good people. You're everywhere. a Western Muslim, right? Mm, you well, don't stab people no, in the but back. I, but I think a lot of times, I mean, it could come from people who came 
from different countries to be there. Because mm. honestly, these, the massage we have is like these monopolies on the massage. We have a bunch of, you know, Qaddafis uh, ruling the massage. Who, who, who the, the only way they'll leave from their administrative position is if they were to. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the only way they're going out, man. So it's just like, and they hold on to it and they fight for it, you know. And and, and sometimes it's like it's it's a masjid. But I, wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't the 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 better thing to do be stay there, work hard and try and reform that community? Well, you could look at it like that. But I mean, for me, honestly, when I looked at the situation, I, I didn't see the people who were serious enough. I've had some serious mm -hmm. people around me who were really striving, really wanted to benefit, really wanted to gain knowledge and learn. Then I would have, you know, been patient. But you, 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 How long did you stay in Ireland? I stayed for five years. Okay. So I, stayed, I was there for four, five plus, five yeah. and a half, actually. They so say after five years, you can have the laqab of Al-Irlandi. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I have that anyways. Alhamdulillah. From the, from my blood, you know. Yeah. 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 I remember that one time I went in there and she's like, "What are you coming in here?" I said, "Well, I'm originally from here. I'm just coming to visit. That was I was used to go for visits." So oh, you're, you're Irish. And you look at the name McCarthy. Oh yeah, yeah. no doubt. Ah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so they knew right away. Yeah. So they, you know, they, they, I mean, there's good everywhere. I mean, we have mm -hmm. to be fair. There's a lot of lot of good brothers and sisters who are, who are trying to do what they can. But I, I think just in general in the West, the masajid, um, and I've spoken about this before, uh, the masajid. They're, I think, the main one of the main reasons Islam doesn't progress in the West. I have to be frank wow. in saying that. And I look at different organizations like in the UK, which prove my point. Uh, mm -hmm. MRDF, uh, AIRA, mm -hmm. as an example. If these organizations try to do the same thing through a masjid, through a, any, uh, a committee, an administration of a masjid, would it have ever happened? No way in the world. They would start and then they would have differences between them and then this committee and that committee and this person kicks that person out and, this, and then it becomes a war and then it becomes the Pakistanis together and then it becomes mm -hmm. the Arabs together and it becomes this and it becomes the, the all, all of these crises that we always have yeah. in the Masajid in the West and then Islam doesn't progress. But when these organizations separate themselves from the Masajid and focus on the goal at hand, we're talking mm -hmm. about tarbiyah and ta'lim for MRDF, uh, and education and making tarbiyah of the youth. We're talking about giving da'wah to Muslims from Ayra. You see that they mm. were able to, any really, really. But do you think there's a, maybe a, 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 an upward trajectory in terms of mosques being there, kind of taken there, over there by is, the younger I, I, generation? I, I think that, you know, there, there's, several, there's several things that happen. Um, one of them is that they've seen, you know, when, like I saw some brothers in America, they did something that was pretty good. Not being like full-time imams, mm -hmm. where you're your own boss. You might have, you know, uh, uh, um, an agreement with the masjid where you give khutbahs, you give lectures, yeah. but you don't. You, you have a, an agreement where it, it's maham, it's certain tasks which you have to do, where you don't become their property, because mm -hmm. this, this always becomes the problem. Because when, you, you'll find mm -hmm. when you become an imam in a masjid, they want to move. Re, they want to move you by remote control. <laughs> say this, don't say this. Say this, don't mm -hmm. say that. They told me about one masjid in, in, in California, that if you go, then you speak there. You can't speak about uh, alcohol. And you can't speak about, you know, uh, I believe it was interest and some these type of things. So why is this? Because they said that the you know, the people who fund the masjid and built the masjid, they own uh, to tobacco lobby. You know, they they, they, they own uh, alcohol arms like, tobacco like lobby. liquor stores and uh, the, what do you call them? The, 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 the off yeah, license and it's this bad for business. And yeah, so it's bad yeah. for business if you say it, and it can hurt their feelings because yeah. they're the ones paying for the masjid. I said, well, honestly, if I was there, I wouldn't want to be in a masjid like that. The ones who yeah, are paying for it are from this. I mean, you see the problems that come from the masjid. Time and time again, and history shows us. Mm. And he, but I, there is, alhamdulillah, there is a change. And I think, you know, like you said, I think the youth, even I think a lot of the chachas and the uncles that we have there, may Allah bless them, because we have to be honest. I, I always tell the people that, you know, because you might have heard what I just said, which is like, oh, God, the masjid, they're holding us back. Did I mean something bad about, you know, these people may, I, I do believe a lot of them, they believe that what they're doing is good. Like we had this one. And also, they're from, they're from an era that. Yeah, the, 
yeah. from an era and for also from a place. Don't forget, because they don't understand. For example, some of the, um, you know, some of, some of the functions that we have in the masjid in the West. And it's not really a, a, a masjid. It's a community center. It's mm. a place for gathering. It's a place to hang out, which is very similar to the masjid of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But the ones who are coming from back home, they don't have that mentality. Them, it's five daily prayers, close the masjid. That's it. I even remember one. You know, he was like the big, you know, troublemaker that we had in Ireland. But I remember, like, for one thing, you know, he uh, he wouldn't let you have a cup of tea in the masjid because you could spill it on the rug. And then he said, I paid for the rug by that as well, you know. And he said, I'm not going to let people ruin it. And these people need discipline. He yeah. said, my father was from the military in Pakistan, and I know discipline. And this yeah. is what these Muslims need is discipline. So he, he used to cause a lot of problems for the people, yeah. not realizing that, you know, and you want to encourage people to come to the masjid, mm. not to run them away from the masjid. So I think a lot of them have started to realize, when, especially when they see the issue of the youth and how far they're going away from Islam, and they need to bring them back into the masajid. So they start to make things more youth-friendly. They start to become more open-minded. Mm. And that, as you said, with the youth coming up, and they're going to be taking over soon. And some of them are already in the in, you know, in the administrations and being very part of sad. it. very sad. A, br a brother mm. I know who's involved in youth work, he said only 1% of masjids in the UK have an uh, active youth program. That shows you, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he does a lot of research um, on I, this. I, I wouldn't very, doubt very it. very sad. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. That's, that, that's yeah. the reality. But inshallah... But how do we fix it? I mean, you... You, you know, you you have your own dawah kind of um, uh, aims and objectives. Mm. You're you're living in uh, I think Turkey now. Yeah, yeah. What about us in the UK? Once I get off this desert island, I'm going back. How do you you know? Do you have any kind of ideas for for trying to fix this problem? Well, I mean, I, I think like the organizations like MRDF, who are doing their own thing and are having a positive impact. Mm -hmm. The massage, you want them to come in now. And this yeah. is, you guys can see this. Now, the massage asked you guys to come in for an event. And, and you, you'll see, for example, even like, you know, the brothers who do like uh, night mania and these type of things. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. some Excellent, of them, yeah. they, they saw the, the good work that was being done there. Mashallah. So they start to, mashallah, bring mm -hmm. the people in as well for these, for, mm -hmm. these, for these events. So there is change happening. I even believe that, you know, some of the things that happened with, um, uh, you know, with the non-Muslims, what was happening in the... Um, uh, where they realized they had to build bridges because what happened a lot of our communities yeah. they came and they they kind of cut themselves off and isolated themselves and they live in their little pockets inside mm. of the UK or in, or in France or you know anywhere in the western world but they realized when and after you know 911 and after the things that were happening and, and how Islam was being betrayed in the media they said look we have to open our doors yeah. we have to build bridges this is something i've been saying for years because mm -hmm. we always had the issues of our, you know, the chachas coming and saying, haram, kafir in the masjid and all this. In, in the sunnah of the Prophet they used to Sunni come into Sunni, the masjid yeah. and they would learn about Islam being in the masjid. Mm -hmm. Let them come in, let them see Islam, let them see the Muslims, let them understand, you know, open mm -hmm. up our doors. Now people are doing that. Yeah. And they, but maybe they were kind of forced into it, but nonetheless, uh, I think it's brilliant and it's, it's, it's going to be, and, 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 and that has had a huge impact. And I believe it's yeah. raining now, so I think yeah. we have to stop. And I, uh, um, everybody's looking well, around except for yeah. me. I'm like, I'm in. That is, uh, that's thunder, I believe. Allah, buddy. Alhamdulillah. Thunder on a, stranded on a desert island. So uh, yeah, yeah. I hope we don't get struck by any lightning. Shut but uh, Alhamdulillah, it's beautiful. There's actually not too many clouds, but there's uh, yeah. a story. There's rain one right on top of us. Oh, that's, that's, that's where it's coming from. Because if you look it follows here, me around. If you look, there's none there. Yeah. So I'm, uh, People yeah. at home probably can't see any, but. Gonna get a get a look on the the sky the other way then well yeah maybe, yeah maybe inshallah it'll pass inshallah but uh, yeah shall we uh, try and find a way off this island are you good at, are you good at building rafts inshallah yeah we'll swim for it inshallah <laughs> okay you have to turn the cameras off uh, for this bit <laughs> <laughs> two hours later.
Assalamu alaikum, everyone. We managed to get out of the desert island. We kind of uh, made a makeshift, skiff, makeshift uh, raft. Aloha. Uh, now we're in paradise. We, we, huh? we, we, we landed on this other island, but unfortunately, it's, in, it's, it's, it's ruled by one of those uh, mosque uncles. Uh. And he heard what we were saying, and he kind of locked us up in this prisoner of war camp. So <laughs> help us uh, receive this message. Just, just to wrap up on that topic, alhamdulillah. No, there's a lot of good that happened in the masajid as well. And always I need, I need, we say, because we're talking about the mentality. The mentality is different. Coming from a different era, coming from a different place. And they, when they came to the West, they established the masajid. And that's a great blessing. And I mean, in London, for example, a lot of, hmm. uh, one uncle was telling me in the 60s, they had to, like, there was like one Jum'ah yeah. in London, one halal meat place. That's it. And, so, know, so what they've done? Let's a lot of racism. They had to kind of protect themselves. Ex exactly. So even honestly. even if there even if there are some mistakes that were made, even if they didn't revolve maybe fast enough yeah. with the times, we still have to give credit where credit yeah, is it's due. Easy to belittle and, and, and say Jazakumul Khair and may Allah bless you for what you guys have done. But also we need them to realize it's time to you know to pass the baton and let the, let the, let the youth come up and do their work. Even in one of the lectures that I that I have and. and I'm not going to go in detail here, but about empowering the youth and giving many examples. If you look like the ones, the main ones who used to teach the Quran, majority from the youth. The main ones who narrate the Hadith, also from the youth. So, really? so yeah, yeah. If you look at the the same, the, the, the Sahaba. Yeah, the the, oh, yeah. the seven main narrators from the Sahaba, mm. all of them were from the youth. And the oldest one from them at the time of the death of the Prophet was Abu Huraira, who was about 33. Jabir was about 28. The rest were either teens or in their early 20s. So all of them were from the youth. A few moments later. So we have some technical difficulties, I think. Uh, break time, let's have a bit of water. Sorry, bro, only drink Avian, only Avian, bro. <laughs> this is this is a, a MR, MRDF uh, inside joke, huh? <laughs> uh, for one of our meetings yeah. when, we, <laughs> when I came from traveling and they yeah. offered me water and after we had read the article, alhamdulillah, about alhamdulillah. the business class. Yeah. Yeah, any superstar sheikhs, huh? You're saying you had a, are you partial to the old business class uh, experience? Let me tell you the truth, man. You know, I've tried, you know, I, I, on, on both sides, you know, <laughs> economy and business class. And I do understand the business class because, you know, and especially someone, I'm, I'm a big guy, you know. So when you travel business class, you arrive fresh. Whether you were doing some work, you're relaxing, kicking back, you know, you can lay back. When I come in economy, I'm all squished up. Oh, was that after you tried business class? Yeah. I, I was, you, was it just normal? No, 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 before? no. I used to struggle all the time. In yeah. I, 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 need, I need like a day to recover sometimes. Going, okay. I need a day to recover. Come, I suppose it come depends back. on a really long flight as well. Yeah, longer flights yeah. Are, are the worst ones, obviously. I remember they, uh, they upgraded us for free in Hajj. Hmm. We're going to Hajj and whatever, they had overbooked or something. They said, two of you can go to business class. So we went. And when I went to the you, through the other one, a, fr a fresh, a fresh yeah. hajji, right? Yeah. <laughs> when I went through the curtain to go to the back to meet someone, I was like, "Oh my God, how are you guys living?" That's <laughs> there it, were like three in a row, and I was like, "Oh my God, are you okay? Uh, what, so, so can I get way, you something?" Something very interesting that happened. But your with norm, me. your norm just changes then. It, it's true, and because like now, when I go in an economy, um, even one time I remember I got bumped down because I tried to upgrade in this and it didn't work. So I was like, "Oh," mm. and it was a long flight. And it's like, you know, how am I going to do it? I know. And, and I used to do it all the time, but it becomes more difficult. But wallahi, honestly, to be fair, you arrive fresh. You, you arrive fresh, you're sharp. You can mm. get straight to work, straight to lecturing. So you, that, that does save some time. It saves some effort. It saves energy. So there is benefit in, in, in it, honestly. Mm. And, but obviously, we're talking about some, some differences when it might be, um, you know, just a, a small difference in the fare. But yeah. even like, for example, Sheikh Yusuf Estes, 
I remember he was, um, uh, you know, he only travels business class because of his health. He's old. Yeah, right? yeah it's, I know, it's yeah, it's understandable. So yeah. When he was going one time from Doha to Dubai, uh, in the good old days, obviously, before, <laughs> before they were yeah, problems. Cut them out. <laughs> yes, subhanAllah. <laughs> that, may, may Allah help the situation, subhanAllah. <laughs> I mean. That um, he was traveling and it cost 8,000 riyals, one way, just to go. And it's a 40-minute flight. And the economy was 800. So he said himself, he said, I can't. No, the brother said, no, don't share your health. And, this. and he said, I can't do it. He said, that's, you know, it's, yeah. it's money that we could use in something else. So he refused. As he was getting on the plane, he was walking through business class. There was an imam of a masjid, a Qatari brother. He saw Sheikh Yusuf as he gave up and he kissed him on his head. And, mm. and he saw he was going back to economy. He said, no, Allah. He said, by Allah, you'll sit in my seat. Mm. So he sit in the business class. So the Sheikh refused to waste money, which could be yeah. used for the da'wah. Uh, yeah, for, for this flight So alhamdulillah And Allah blessed him With the business class anyways For, oh, okay. for, for, for that alhamdulillah And he, uh, something happened to me Very interesting It was a very uh, important Tarbiya lesson for myself And it's very mm -hmm. important That you remind yourself of this Because like you said Sometimes you kind of look down Like you know Like you, you start to believe yeah, Your own hype Yeah yeah These, these you know <laughs> Even though like, a lot of times You're not even paying For the ticket yourself yeah, yeah. Subhanallah But you know You look like the, the peasants uh, yeah. Of economy And <laughs> stuck for Allah You know <laughs> So I remember we were, we were coming from... That's a good, uh, <laughs> good snippet to take out the peasants of economy. <laughs> You're looking down. So, and, he, and when you come in from, from, from Doha, we're traveling on Qatar Airways. It was me and Sheikh Mohammed Salah. Mm. And he, I was coming from Sudan. He was coming from Egypt. And we met up in Doha. And then we took the same flight together to Singapore. And we came back on the same flight. And he obviously returned to Egypt and I mean to Sudan. So in, in, in Doha, you have your own private line for the business class. Mm. And... When we were in Singapore, coming back, it was like everyone in the same it's line. It's a bit higher as well, so you can look down on the... <laughs> the peasants. They go like this. These guys are getting vexed. So going in, going in, it's, it's, it's two different places, two different uh, ramps and two different and entrance, entrances. But coming back from Singapore, they put us all in the same line. And I was very tired. I wanted to sleep before I went back. I had work the next day when I arrived. So I said, why don't they just open up for us so we can go in quick? And he said, no, no, wait. He said, this is good for us. He said, this is tarbiya. It's training mm -hmm. us. It's reminding us to remain simple. And he said, we always have to remind ourselves that even when Allah gives us blessings like this mm -hmm. and makes it easy for us, that we, all, we stay in the mutawab there, that we stay humble and we don't mm -hmm. let it come to us. And he told me an amazing story, subhanAllah. He said that one of his, his objectives when he was in America is that he wanted to buy a Lexus. He really, really wanted a Lexus. And he said that I saved up my money and then I bought the new Lexus. Mm -hmm. And he said, one day, he said, I went to the bank and he said, I took out my key and I proudly, he said, I put it up on, on the counter. Yeah. Look at the L. Look at the L. Mm. Like, it's like, he was honored to have that L. And um, he said, when I felt how it really made me feel and how it entered my heart, mm. he said, I knew I had to cure it. So I went and I, I sold the car right away. Allah Akbar. He said, I sold the car so it wouldn't have an impact on mm. me and who I was and affect me. So, I mean, this is the thing. When you have these type of things, a lot of times, mm. well, it does happen where it, it immediately goes, it goes to your nafs. So you have to be careful and you have to, you have to balance it out. Salam guys. Me again, reminding you to head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to keep the lights on on Islam21c. We pride ourselves on being independent and being funded by the grassroots community. So what do you do about you know your kids, for example? Do you because I have the issue that I don't want them to get used to luxury, but you still want to give them good things, you know? So you do like we've seen some of our brothers do. They travel in business class and put their kids in economy. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's one of my wife asked me. She said, "What would happen if we're on a flight? We're traveling. We want to travel with you, and they send you in a, in a business class ticket because that does happen sometimes." Mm -hmm. 
And I said, don't worry, if it does happen, Habibti, I said, I'll let you sit <laughs> in business you. class <laughs> and I'll sit with the kids in economy for you. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So, I mean, I mean, obviously, if you're with the family, I mean, Getting if you can some marriage tips as well yeah, here. Alhamdulillah. So, if you can't afford it, actually, that would be a, a good yeah. gift because that would last for a long time. Is that what they call Was that what marital arts is? Yeah, you're a marital arts expert. Alhamdulillah. Was it martial arts? Martial arts. A bit of both. Bad spelling. Alhamdulillah. But, you know, Gordon Ramsay does that. You know, Gordon Ramsay, the famous chef in the UK. He had a tough upbringing, whatever, but now he's, you know, completely rich. But him and his wife, when they go holiday, apparently, that's what I heard, they, they, they travel first class, but the kids are in economy. You don't want them to get them used to, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good It's a good lesson for the kids. It's a good training for the kids. And that's something very interesting you mentioned, because even if you look, for example, Steve Jobs, Bill's, yeah. Bill Gates, these guys who created these devices, which mm. now control our children, they mm. only let their kids be on the iPads and these things for about 20 minutes Absolutely, a day. Yeah. Because good. they knew the dangers of them getting addicted or being on it and they knew the real benefit was them, in them reading and you know, doing things in the yeah. traditional way so you'll see that you know we need to benefit from these lessons you know? if these yeah. are the ones who made it and this is how they were with their children that's how they should be as experts, well I mean, experts yeah. in the field generally the exactly. chief, former chief editor of Wired magazine mm. famous tech magazine he said my kids accuse me and my wife of being fascist when it comes to tech Allah, like why do we have so many rules and our friends don't have those rules you know but sometimes what happens with, with, with parenting what you have to understand mm. is sometimes the parents they give in and they let things slide. Like, for example, you know, it's the tempting one. to just give them. Yeah, like, for example, when it comes to the, you, ha you have obese kids. Yeah. Why are they obese? They say, well, they only eat the, the junk food we give them. Then, mm. then don't feed them. You know, if, if they have to make a choice. And then you're mm. the one in charge. You're the parent. They have to realize you're going to eat what's good for you. Can, and you can eat. And when I change my mm. diet, you can have a lot of healthy foods. Even like we have healthy cakes. Yeah. People have come to my house and I've shown them some cupcakes that my wife makes. And I was like, there, there's no flour, no sugar. Like, how is it made? Peanut butter in there. It's peanut butter and, yeah. uh, and, and banana, for yeah. instance, is the mix. We have almond flour things with, with honey yeah. or natural yeah. ingredients. So these type of things, we make cakes, and it's very yeah. delicious. The kids can have these alternatives, but it's your job. You're the parent. Yeah. You're the one who places the rules. They have to follow the rules. That doesn't mean, like, for example, we come out to uh, a resort, we bring our families. They, they, have, fun, they have fun options as well. But they have to and understand yeah. that you're doing is what is in the benefit for them. When I grew up, Wallahi, my stepmother, I used to, I, I loved her and hated her at the same time because she was strict, you know. I had the love for her because she did a lot of good for me. But there was a bit, you know, of animosity towards her because she was so strict. But after I became Muslim, after I became a parent, after I became a bit older, and like we said, you know, learning from experience, yeah. I called her and I told her, thank you very much all the things that you used to do for me. You were strict, mm -hmm. but I said, I knew, I know now, now I understand mm -hmm. it was in my best interest. It was good for me. So Alhamdulillah. And this I read is a nice quote somewhere mm -hmm. that uh, by the time you realize your father was right, you've got a son telling you you're wrong. Exactly. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly what it was. I think that's, yeah, what, we, that's, what, that's what taught us Alhamdulillah. Yeah, so this is Alhamdulillah. These are, these are the things we need to install in our children mm -hmm. from a young age that they understand. And like you know, going back to the issue of, of experience and, and evolving, we're speaking recently about you know, some of the du'a that they've gone through changes. They're yeah. not the same people that we used to know. What, what, what people have to realize, especially the youth, because the youth, are, the youth are very judgmental. The youth are very, you know, shoot first and ask questions later, basically, type, you know. It, you have to realize that with ilm, with knowledge, and with experience, you have to change. Mm. If you don't change, there's a problem. Imam al-Shafi'i, and he's Imam al-Shafi'i. He mm. had the madhab al-Qadim and madhab al-Jadid. He had his old madhab and his new madhab. That's because he learned more, he changed, he changed his opinions. The more you mm. learn, you're going to change your opinion. You're going to change stances. A lot of things you might have learned in the beginning, and then once you study it in more detail, you see that there's a difference of opinion. Perhaps the other opinion was actually stronger. So people are going to change and they're going to evolve. That doesn't mean, and this is if I want to make this clear, that doesn't mean that we leave our, our principles, yeah. 
but you're going to change. And people, all people, even myself, I'm not the same person I was two years ago. Mm. Even maybe one year ago, I'm, I'm different now. I'm not the same person that I was five years ago, ten you years mean ago. mean like in terms of your Islamic opinions? Islamic opinions, the approach, the Dawah approach, and, and, and many what things. What do you think has changed? Well, I mean... I mean, you're mentioning mm. uh, that you're doing um, the Masters now yeah. in uh, Istanbul. And doing, yeah. and, uh, so now what happened with this is I, I tried before to start my Masters in Islamic Studies, but always traveling, always involved in mm. you know, in, you know conferences, international conferences, what have you. I wasn't able to be consistent. Therefore, I, I never mm. continued down the path. So I saw that I was, you know, in my age now, in, in, my, in my 40s, mid-40s, that if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. And if I don't mm. do it now, there's not going to be actually a benefit in even having it and doing it. And I also, because I got the desire recently to start doing some writings mm. and in, 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 in English. So I said getting back okay. into researching and, and, and this type of thing. It's going to help me and shall I get back okay, on, some, back on the Publish some of the stuff on Islam 21C. Yeah, bismillah, alhamdulillah. Yeah. It's good. This, this could be my platform, yeah. short little yeah. articles. Yeah. Inshallah, bismillah, alhamdulillah. It'd be a good start. So, alhamdulillah, I went back you know, to studying now. And, you know, but we talk about the, the different... Different schools of thought, that, different that, approaches. To be honest, it's, 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 it's very beneficial mm. to study and to look at it from a different school of thought, to look at, you know, to, yeah. to, to hear from different opinions. Because obviously, before we might have studied just refuting the different schools. So now we're seeing mm. their outlook as well. But something very, any, I don't know if I want to call it interesting, but a reality that I, I found is that there's a lot of hate out there. And because people always look, for example, at the Salafis, you know, are extreme or those who have that type of, you know, that they're hardcore against the others. But the, the, the Ash'aris and, and the Sufis are the same against the Salafis, once mm. you, you, you hear from them as well. So people have a lot of hate towards other groups. This is the reality. Whenever you hear from another group, it's always smashing the other ones, always belittling, always talking bad about them. And subhanAllah, I remember I was speaking one time with um, one brother, and we were talking about if each group were to follow, you know, what, what is the, the slogan of that group? Mm -hmm. They said, you know, we wish that, the brother said, I wish that a, an, an ikhwani would be an ikhwani. Because what is the principle that they have? That they say that we come together and what we agree upon and we differ. They call it the golden principle. And what, mm -hmm. we, what we differ upon, that we, you know, like we let it slide, basically. Mm -hmm. we, we push that aside and we come together what we agree upon. But when dealing with many of the people who follow the way of the ikhwan, they're not like that. Mm -hmm. Man, many of them it's either our way or the highway subhanAllah and, mm -hmm. and many of the in, in the west many of the problems I, I, I faced unfortunately were from these individuals mm -hmm. but and if you look for example as well even some Tabiki brothers or Sufi brothers that they mm -hmm. talk about this whole you know love and, and these nice things and all of this but then when it comes to the people who disagree with them you find them mm -hmm. smashing them as well and, and, and so talking bad about them uh, you know kind of fanatics on in each group and also and group. even what the Salaf said if you look like uh, the, or the Salafi approach mm -hmm. Imam Ibn Taymiyyah he mentioned he said, كان السلف أعلم الناس بالحق أرحم الناس بالخلق He said that they were the most knowledgeable people when it came to the truth and the most merciful people when it came to dealing with people. But you see many of the, of the Salafi brothers today that they, are, they might have some knowledge based on the Quran and Sunnah, but they're the most harsh in dealing with the people. Mm. So that goes back to the issue we said, if each person were to follow these principles, yeah. you, know, you, you find it would be much, you know, the interactions that we deal with. One Don't forget the brotherhood. And, a lot of, and it's something very interesting that even Taymiyyah mentioned, you know, that he said you can't force someone to follow the opinion that you reach. He said you might know 100% that what you reach, what you've come to, mm -hmm. it's the haqq, it's the truth. But he said you can't force someone else to follow it. And you mm -hmm. have to realize that your brother might have reached that on ishtihad. And mm -hmm. I've sat down with people who follow other, other, other you know, creeds, other beliefs, and they actually believe this is, this is true. Mm -hmm. they, will, they honestly believe it. This is what they've, they've learned from their mashaykh, and so many scholars have written it, and this is what they believe. You know, so it's it's important that we you know even and if we what 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 you agree on is far far it, yeah. bigger, greater, and more important 
and more crucial mm. than what you disagree. And, and I, 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 I don't necessarily mean you know like you know some people say okay this, this, all the differences sweep under yeah. the rug. I know I mean if I'm speaking if I'm lecturing if I disagree with something or there's an ideology mm. or methodology I think is wrong I can you know I can say that but in in a, in a, in a way that's suitable. I don't have to you don't have mm. to bash the person to get to because yeah. well, what is the objective? Is it for me to win? Is it for me to be superior and to, and to beat the other guy down with some Khabib, you know, ground yeah. and pound on, 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 <laughs> on, my, uh, on my enemies? That's your brother yeah. in the end. Yeah, you want funny. the haq. And Imam al-Shafi, what did he used to say? He said, I wish the haq would be with the person who was debating with me. So now the, the, the objective is for the haq, for the truth to be, to be yeah. spread, for all yeah. of us to be followers of the haq and follow the truth. Mm. Therefore, if we, if, we, if we differ, we want to show them in a nice way, in a, in, a, in a proper way, this is what the Quran says, this is what the Sunnah says, this is what the Salaf said, and this is the, the, the correct way. If we differ at the end and you don't come together, like you said, there's still going to be a lot mm. of things we're going to agree upon, especially in the West. Like I said, here, because yeah. here we might differ, because some... Some of our brothers are like, okay, sweep the differences under the rugs. But the differences are there. Let's not hide them and, and be naive. Huh? That we actually, uh, we, can, we can talk about them. But like I said, it, it doesn't have to be in a smashing yeah. or in a hurtful or harmful way. Cause that, and right away what happens, even many of the du'at, and this is actually another important thing when it comes to giving da'wah uh, to non-Muslims, we, we, can, mm. we, can, we can mention, is the old school way of giving da'wah to non-Muslims, it, it started to ch- it change, alhamdulillah, you know, with the new approaches. But many times is that, we were so happy with some of our Muslim, you know, um, debaters. Debaters. I was looking yeah, for the word as yeah. preachers, but debaters is where yeah. it is. Where debaters, they would come and they would smash, you know, the 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 the, the, the non-Muslims and, and and expose their falsehood. Mm. And for us, it's like, yeah, the haq is going this, but this actually goes against the teachings of the Quran. Yeah. And I, I remember, Subhanallah. Met, yeah, that's one of them. But also, if you look at what did Allah Subhanahu wa Taala say about not cursing those. Do not slander or do not curse those who make dua to other Allah. What do these people do? They committed shirk, the most major sin, the most the, the, the greatest sin. Don't diss things they don't diss things they regard as sacred. And then here, so he said, he said, do not curse them, and they've committed this great crime. Why? Because they will come back and they will falsely and he curse at Allah out of ignorance. And this is what happens when you attack someone's religion, when you attack someone's madhab, they automatically grab tighter to it and hold firmer to it and they don't let go. So the truth, even if you're coming with the truth, you're coming with haq bombs, you know, mm. sending it to them. And they're, they're, not, they're not accepting it. They won't accept it. So we have to be, and he, and he was talking about and he evolving as individuals yeah. to understand that in it, how to get the haq out in, in, in a way that people will accept it. Because this is the objective at the but end. You know, there, are, uh, there, there, is, there has been a trend sometimes of du'at when they kind of um, uh, get older or, or, or they maybe come across something that was outside of their inner circle or the bubble maybe that they were in to be frank they used to be in a bubble maybe yep. and they can't come out of that bubble it sometimes shocks the system and they they sometimes um, kind of adopt an almost uh, 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 an argument from novelty that anything new I learn it must be better or must be superior to what I learned before whereas you know it, it's a fallacious argument in, in, in its essence just because something is new uh, and somebody was exposed to something that they, you know, they didn't know before. It doesn't mean that's better, or that's stronger, or that's more appropriate necessarily, right? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a very good point, yeah. very important point. And that's why I said at the beginning that doesn't just because you it, might have been on, uh, on 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 a mainstream opinion, a safer opinion, or more mm. more you know. Uh, 
a stronger opinion. I don't like to say we, that, but we, yeah, we, before we, and then you you learn uh, exactly. But a it, I mean, that's what uh, evolving doesn't mean that you leave your foundation and fundamentals. Mm. And for me, uh, Abdurrahim McCarthy, I'm the same guy I was you know 15, 20 years ago when it comes to my, my foundation. You just mellowed out a bit. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> actually, but it's just to the experience, yeah. Ex experience. And he, it changes you, you know. It's Re dealing with people, yeah, dealing with real life. Yeah, that's it. Reality yeah. changes you. I mean, a lot of the things, you know, and if you, if you look at, just like in, in, in modern school systems today, mm. they don't prepare the kids for the real world. Just as the universities we study and they, they don't prepare people for, for, for mm. the, re the real world. The people who come back in, in, the, in the West, we're not prepared to give Dao in the West. You know, we don't know how to give the university most. system, yeah, really. It, I think yeah, it's, it's a different, but even I'm saying it's it, it, the system, they need mm. to make some, some modifications to it and, and, and how the studies are done and the things that you really need when you go back to the West. Yeah. And uh, I think it, well, I read a, a quote, I think it was marked, it was attributed to Mark Twain. He said, mm. um, University is where the lecturer's notes get transferred into the student's notes without passing through the minds of either. Yeah, a very, very good point, inshallah. <laughs> And these things need to be need to be fixed, mm -hmm. and I think I think some of the older du'at now, perhaps it's it's upon us or even the ones who are older, is to prepare these type of things for our, our brothers who go out and they study mm -hmm. the things that they're going to face. Because you know, sometimes even coming back, the shock and and the, and the, the change in the system, some don't yeah. deal with it well, and, and, and coming back into society. Uh, because it, it's a different it's a different world. I think, but maybe now I think with the internet as well, it's it, it is changing a bit. Uh, I think that's a good thing about a, pro, a structured program like Sabil. Yeah. I mean, that, the the kind of radical thing about that was it was pushing a man, a, a manhaj, a, a a kind of paradigm, uh, uh, a theory, a methodology of how to approach things on a holistic scale. So when you do end up finding something, you know, radically different, you don't shake. You don't, you know, you know where it goes, and you know how to disagree with, with someone kind of amicably. That yeah. that was a real kind of powerful and thing. That, that, that's what people. That's a, a lot of students when they study and they come yeah. home. That they're actually missing that. Subhanallah. Yeah, subhanallah. Uh, because because sometimes when you study, I think what it, what it is, if you know, they talk about being open-minded and things mm -hmm. like that. You know, you have to understand there are different opinions. And I can give you something like like very small as an example. So like the, you know, the brothers and sisters who are listening or, or, or watching, that they might be thinking, what is an example? Something like when it comes to how you wear your trousers and how how were we on raised my, on my legs what is the opinion <laughs> <laughs> the opinion is what is that above the ankles yeah and this first any we learned this like it was you know because the hadith are very strong when it comes yeah. to having it under the ankles but this is still something even the, if you see the trousers i'm wearing today we call them trousers because of you guys it's trousers they're not yeah, pants we, yeah we, we actually call them <laughs> pants but I've, I've, be, I've become a bit british in, in some mm. of the things you know living with you guys for five years yeah. huh? <laughs> this is any uh, in my trousers above uh, american guys it's like what is he talking why does he call them trousers, trousers you know yeah. so uh, with can have an, uh, uh, some some yeah, yeah, subtitles yeah, that's, for yeah, american that's it, that's it huh? uh, above the above the ankles i still do alhamdulillah because it's, it's from mm. the sunnah and the hadith are very severe but if you do look at the majority of scholars who say otherwise mm. who say that it's it's something that's more cruel it's something this mm. but it's just an example of that when, he, yeah, when, yeah. We, when we first started we didn't know that but mm. when you start to read more you find out oh, okay there is you know differences of opinion these issues and that you know helps you you broaden your horizon and like we said even in, in dealing with ikhtilaf and the differences and not to be harsh because at the end we want the haq to spread that's the objective mm. and, and that's one of the things we talk about when the sitting with Abu Sheikh Hussein he it's yeah. one of the key things is, is, is not not being harsh not coming off that way is that what kind of advice would you give to like a young da'is coming out straight out of, you know, Medina University or Azhar or whatever, 
and he's coming to you and you, you know, what, what advice do no, you give the, them? The same thing is that they, they benefit from the elders who have been, because the ones, mm. we've been through it now, we've, we've made the mistakes being out in the field. Mm. So there's no need for them to come back and make the same mistakes. Also, there needs to be, and you're talking about a structured program, you have a Sabil. Mm. There needs to be a program that we design now for people like this at that level. Mm. At that level, when they come back, that you can have like a month. Course. How, do you, how do you do counseling? Yeah, this is something absolutely. It's not something we study. And he, yeah. it, it, the, some of the family I mean, issues that we face. And, and the cliche is, you know, the, sh the 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 brother he 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 studies for many years. He understands uh, the you know maybe a madhab insider now and a lot of statements of the scholars, a lot of you know hadith he memorizes and so forth. However, then when he comes, he's not teaching durus. He's got someone's kids run away. He's trying to counsel them. Someone divorce issues, drug addiction, drug addiction, pornography. Yeah. How they yeah. do all of these major things that the the, the, the the people are dealing with today. How do you think they're not adequately yeah. preparing the young young du'at in the universities? The, the, the thing is, right as of now, it's not there. Mm. The, 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 as of now, they don't have these type of subjects. So they, there could be some courses that are taught, but generally speaking, it's not there. It needs to be yeah. there. And and I think each country, and for example, maybe what we have in 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 America or in the UK in the West. You might have something different for brothers who are going back to some of yeah. the you know, former Russian republics or something like that. There's certain things. Different, each society is different. Yeah. But the student needs to be ready for that society that he's going back to. Absolutely. If it's something, for example, we had certain like committees for the, for the students in Medina, like the American students or the British students, that maybe that's something they study in the last year there. Or at least yeah. if it's not studied there, then it's, it's, a, it's a course that's available for them, intensive course, you know, one week, one month, whatever it might be, as soon as they come back where they go through the things and they learn these tools to that are needed in their communities and, and, to, and to polish yeah. things off because obviously the, the traditional way of studying all that that's, that's still the way yeah. and that's still the way that it, it, and that's where the barakah and the blessings is mm. however we need we need to what to, to give them like we said to polish yeah. it off with the things they need and, and, and how to deliver and how to deliver it yeah. and when they come back inshallah I mean in terms of like uh, for example in the western world at least I don't know about maybe uh, Muslim majority countries but Someone who's been very kind of um, instrumental in a lot of, at least from the perspective looking on, uh, on social media and stuff, someone who's been very um, maybe effective in getting young people to be proud of their Islam and Muslimness has been uh, Khabib, the yeah, exactly. UFC fighter. And actually, one of my yeah. khutbas, I don't know if you saw it or not, actually, I gave a khutbah um, mm. some time uh, before 15 the points. 54. 54 points. Wow. I obviously didn't watch it. It's a lot of points, but it's only like 25 minutes or 30 minutes. minutes. Something like that. Okay. So basically... What, One what, point every, like, what, yeah, every minute. 30 yeah, seconds. I, I, went, I went very fast <laughs> with it. But the, actually, it ended up being 56 at the end. Actually, wow. I actually added two, and I said, you can, I could keep going. Because honestly, I think one of the things that, you know, like you said, the, the, how he inspired the youth, how you see his attachment to Allah subhanahu yeah. wa ta'ala, you see that the money and the fame didn't change him, he stayed very And just simple. being, uh, having integrity, you know, you're giving, you're, you're being offered all of these things and you're exactly. saying, no, this is how so this, and he, He's been a great inspiration and that's, that's why I focused on that. One of the, the clips I gave before the fight, before the Connor fight was, actually it's, it's one of those controversial, um, uh, controversial, you know, titles, Why I Hate Conor McGregor. <laughs> And then I put obviously because I'm a, I'm a Muslim uh, who loves Jesus, and this uh, it, it, it went widespread. I mean, yeah. on, on different platforms. If you add it up, you know, I don't know uh, how many, you know, six, seven hundred thousand views or oh, more on different yeah. platforms. On my on my channel, it's like a hundred and nine or something yeah. like that. A lot of negative comments as well on, on most of them. Uh, even some of the Irish saying you're not Irish because my accent is not Irish. But if you look at my name, you can see where I am. Yeah. Even McGregor, by the way, it's, he's not Irish. He's Scottish. Really? Yeah, the McGregor oh, clan okay. is not. I mean, he might have. He grew up in Ireland, no doubt about yeah. that. He might have Irish, you know, some Irish parents. I'm sure. Maybe some of the women that they his clan married were Irish. So there's yeah. Irish blood. I'm sure. I mean, I, I assume so. Anyways, I don't mm. know his, his lineage. But McGregor clan, it's not even Irish. 
It's it's, it's Scottish, you know. Mm. So that then, <laughs> but the, so the the point is that obviously that's I'm, my my lineage is Irish, even though I grew up in America. But mm. the fact I didn't speak like I was Irish, they didn't. And so they some of them they attacked me in the yeah. in the comments as that well. That sounds pretty authentic. Yeah, that I'm not. Yeah, been practicing. Yeah, I lived there for. Yeah. You want to do the rest of the podcast in the accent? I can try to do my, my British accent as well, you know? I can try and do, 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 do an do a Irish accent. The, the you want to buy, you the, buy a laptop? The, the funny thing is, is like that one, in, in, in some of the errors there is that the, 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 the accent, we can't even understand it ourselves a lot of the times. <laughs> you know? Like when I was in court, that's where my, my tribe is from. But I, I had a very difficult time understanding them sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Their accent was very heavy, mashallah. Uh. So you're saying about the... Uh, yeah, so the, the Khabib point is that, I mean, or this clip, uh, it, went, it went viral, obviously. And it, it, it's, it's, sometimes, you know, you look at that, you know, when you talk about controversial issues or you bring those type of titles, people watch it more. But if you come with something, you know, knowing Allah and the things that actually you need more, yeah. you'll find people, uh, unfortunately, they're, they're not watching them, they're not benefiting from the, these type mm. of things. The Khabib, uh, the Khabib lecture, I went in detail because of, of the things you mentioned and the influence that he had and, and the good things that we saw from him. And I said in the beginning, I said, look, I'm not going to get into the issue of, you know, MMA and, and these type of fighting, UFC, halal, haram, hitting in the face. I said, that's between him and Allah. But I said, mm -hmm. we don't need to, you know, negate uh, or reject that the good that the brother comes with. And it's also a very important principle is that you, know, you might have someone who has any shortcomings or has mistakes, but he has benefits and we don't want to benefit. We just, we, khalas, we just completely just condemn him, uh, condemn him X and, he, and, mm -hmm. and throw him out uh, because of, of a mistake he, or something he did. And we do this even with the dua a lot as well, don't we? Yeah. As soon as someone who has, mashallah, he's a, he's, he's a brilliant dad and he's doing all this good for the yeah. ummah. He made a mistake, he made an opinion. I remember that uh, in my community, mm -hmm. some of the, uh, of the, the used to be followers, they turned their guns against me and they made me into a muqtadir. I became a muqtadir. Why did I become a person of bid'ah in their eyes? He said, because they said, I called to celebrate uh, National Hijab Day. And <laughs> which actually I didn't, but what, hap what happened is... <laughs> I'm over now. Yeah, Clip that out, you know. Yeah. And it, it is, it's through. Can, huh? You didn't tell me that we're going to have some in, you know, innovators here. That's, uh, Bismillah. Uh, would have brought some birthday cake. Yes, yeah, subhanAllah. So what, <laughs> so what, the, what the, 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 they said, they said that you know, uh, Sheikh Abdurrahim called to National Hijab Day, celebrate this is bid'ah because Sheikh Al-Munajid on Islam Q&A said that it's a bid'ah, so therefore I'm calling it a bid'ah, and I became what? Automatically yeah. a person of bid'ah. All the good, all the lessons I used to do, all they used to attend. Therefore, that, therefore and they presented right. Sheikh Salih Al-Munajid said uh, yeah, Abdurrahim that, that's, it, that's, it, that's it, and I'm, I'm, I'm gone, I'm finished, yeah. you know. So, but actually what had happened, convincing argument. if you look, if you look, but unfortunately this is how the youth are, this is, this is, this is how narrow-minded they are. Some people, some youth. Even though, alhamdulillah, they, one of them did come back and apologize and realize that he made yeah. a mistake. And, he, and I, especially when I explained mm -hmm. my stance and I explained what it was mm -hmm. that happened, there was a university prof uh, professor in, the, in, in our area in Waterford in Ireland that uh, she used to, you know, uh, bring her, she used to teach religious studies. So she would bring her groups to the masjid for a tour to, to visit us and to sit with us and talk for me to talk about Islam. She invited me to come into the university and speak about mm -hmm. Islam. It's a great opportunity, alhamdulillah. She was very supportive you know, of the street dawah that we established there. She was also very supportive of this as well. And, and Sounds more supportive yeah. than the Muslims. Yeah, 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 exactly. Go, go back to what we said in the beginning, mashallah. Yeah. She was on her Twitter telling people to come out and learn yeah. about Islam in the streets there in Waterford. Wow. She, was, she, she, was, she was very nice lady, mashallah. So she asked me, and look at the adab sometimes that people have mm -hmm. and the, the manners. She said, is it okay if we hold an event for the hijab day. Uh, and she said, because we don't want it to, you know, we don't know how you feel about it on this. I said, I said if that's something you want to do, a hijab program, I said, do it. As long as I don't have to wear one. <laughs> I said, Bismillah. <laughs> she said, can you, can you, and we want you to come and give a talk. I said, as for that, I said, no. I said, but we'll send 
a Irish sister who is a Muslim sister who wears hijab for her to talk about hijab because if I come on one of the, one of those mullahs you know extremists who's forcing the women to wear hijab it doesn't come off right you know so, so you you mm. told a sister to give a lecture in front of a mixed audience um, yeah it was yeah, it was mixed yeah, it was in a university it was a mixed audience true but once again and he here comes back to the issue of masalih Ref- refutation coming soon that's it the PDF will be available <laughs> soon 45 pages refuting <laughs> Abdurrahim McCarthy, the innovator. Huh? <laughs> Double spaced. That's it. Huh? Hello, Akbar. And so he. <laughs> for, for handwritten annotations. That's it. Huh? <laughs> so he. he um, uh, you have to go back to the issue of the Masalih and the Mfasid. Yeah. And this is something that people don't understand is that when you're someone who's a, an authority, and mm-hmm. even when we talk about the rulers and the rulers of the countries, bro, if you're sitting on that chair and you're in charge, things change. Yeah. The, the situation that you're in is not like this. We're, we're sitting back here on this resort talking about, you know, these, you know, uh, anything. Rulers, anything yeah, some, someone anything. gets into any That's position, it. they got stuff to it, consider. It's, it, it's challenging, man. People sometimes yeah. don't realize the challenges that we face, you know, that, you know, dealing with the authorities, dealing with this. And it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's, it's very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I personally felt that it was a benefit of her giving the talk about hijab. And we made a hijab booth as well for the non-Muslim ladies <laughs> to learn about hijab. We, we gave them pamphlets. How to tie one. And, and they actually had them, uh, had them try on the hijab and stuff like that. Yeah. It was brilliant. It worked out. And the, the, the RTE came. Uh, Irish Times came. It nice. was on the front page in, in Ireland. It was on the main TV channels in Ireland. And we didn't even think it would be that big, but it went viral. And you had the sisters, you know, the, uh, with, the, with the hijab. You had the, even we sent some niqabi sisters. So talk mm-hmm. to them. Ask them why they wear niqab. Don't ask me, the mullah, uh, who was sitting back, you know. Uh, oppressing the women. Even now, my wife, when mm. she travels, by the way, when we travel, we come in. If she want, if there's a man in the immigration, one time I said to, her, I said, can you can you call a woman? He looked at me like you know, oppressor, you know. So I said, look, I said next <laughs> he time. He said no for me. Yeah. I, I said next time. I said you ask because yeah. you're the one who chose to wear niqab. Mm. Say, can you please bring a man? It's not so. That's what she does. Alhamdulillah, it goes off better. So when she, when the sisters talked about the hijab, it had a huge impact. It was on the front page of the Irish Times. On the we said on, on yeah. the RTE, then Irish uh, news channels. And we got support from the Irish community. They were coming up to our sisters saying, we support you with your hijab. So it had a, had a huge impact. But this was something now, maybe a bit controversial, maybe yeah. this. But we weren't calling to celebrate the hijab day. It was an event they wanted to do. And we saw it as an opportunity to give da'wah from, a, from the Muslim side and for the sisters I mean, to explain. It's not exactly an Eid, is it? Yeah, it was totally different, but it had a huge impact in this. Yeah. And at the end of the day, even if, even if I was wrong, you know, yeah. does that does that change it's an implementation of of yeah. the of the maslaha? That's it. I mean, that, that that's what I saw yeah. being the one in the imam of the masjid in that community that there was a benefit yeah. for it, and it came out to be a huge benefit. It was correct with my the, the stance, and I even said to them, I said, look, I said, you know, that Sheikh Munajid may Allah, you know, free him and help him in this situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I said, even if we were to speak to him now directly and ask yeah. him, I said, you would find, and I think that you you would see that he would he probably would agree with me. I think yeah, he would. Yeah. Because the situation is different. You can't come with a fetwa you find online and just you know implement it on yeah. the ground. Sometimes in the West, it doesn't work all the time. Ironically, that you you know you, that's uh, that's going against uh, so many other you know rulings of of fatwa and uh, mm. you know, knowing the consequences and so forth. And, and, and the thing is, that the people context. don't even know the sources of it. They don't even yeah. know the issue. They don't they don't know about usul al fiqh. They don't know about qawaid yeah. fiqhia, and they want to come and implement these fatwas. They find a line not understanding how to implement them. So they refuted you about that. What did they, did you get any slack, any, any flack for uh, kind of praising Khabib and that kind of stuff? No, no, alhamdulillah, I didn't, I didn't get anything. I mean, s- some people might have felt, you know, that maybe it's not the place to talk about. It was, it was Khutbah the Jum'ah and something like that. I mean, not many people. I think many people were kind of inspired. People felt good, you know. And once again, it's, it's the Muslim <laughs> beating down the one who was in it. But actually, when, when we mentioned in the thing about why we hated Connor, 
is because what he said derogatory about Isa yeah. what he said about Jesus. Assalamualaikum guys, last reminder I promise, head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to help this movement get to the next level. So we have genuine, high quality media articulating Islam in the 21st century and developing confident Muslims impacting the world for the better. Ironically, and after the, what he said about Jesus salam, I said to the brothers, I said, remember the story of Titanic. They, said, they said, no one can sink it, yeah, not even God. The first time they went out of the Billah, subhanAllah. They, they, they saw who could sink it, subhanAllah. When somebody challenges that's it. Allah, when he, when he, when he called himself a God and he said he could whoop, you know, yeah. Jesus, Billah, what he said about him. And he, I said, now I said he's going to start his downfall. Mm. And sure enough, in the Nick Diaz fight, look how he was, he was humiliated. In the, in the second round how he tapped out you know subhanallah and that shows you and he was someone who could have been so good and, and I, I, I know who that is <laughs> and, and, and I, I think subhanallah that if we look at um, you know these type of stories there's a lot we can gain from it always I try to do it. And, and even mm. in my khutbas yeah. I don't know if you remember in the family retreat was it in 2000 2014 I believe it was when we were in uh, I believe it was in Leicester I believe and I was, um, I was coming and I gave the khutbah there. They asked me to give the khutbah. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a khutbah I'd given in Ireland before. And I, and, uh, and I started the khutbah saying that today's khutbah is coming directly from Hollywood. You know? <laughs> and I couldn't use the voice. Today's khutbah, directly from Hollywood. At a theater near you today. You should record yeah. some sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> some sound effects. So, actually, I, uh, coming soon. Yeah, that's it. MRDF, family retreat. Register <laughs> now. Uh, you say something about Islam 21C as well now. Islam 21C. What, what, oh, you should have given me the thing, man. Yeah, uh, actually, it was awesome. This, 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 yeah. this, the slogan you guys have for, yeah. the, for the event now. I really like it. What well, was it at the, the for planning their own food show? Was that? Tell your story, else yeah, man. That's it. I mean, let's get that, man. Get, yeah. Give me that to me. Let me read that for you. Okay, tell well. your own story <laughs> before someone does it for you. Just, can you just look at the camera and say, visit islam21c.com forward slash donate today? <laughs> visit islam21c slash donate today. Do it now. It's <laughs> all right. I was kind of convinced, but Bismillah. you missed out the dot com. Dot com. Dot com. We'll add that in later. Bismillah. Alhamdulillah. That's the good thing about editing. Yeah, that's, that's a show business. Bismillah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. I, mean, I have a new career. Yeah. Actually, it was uh, when I when I first when I first filmed in in Bollywood. By the way, you know, Doctor Zach wow. likes it to be proper. Right, you know, yeah. so the first time I filmed, it was in Bollywood. You know, Islamic set. Slow motion walking. Yeah. That was another story, yeah. So I'm walking out, and I'm supposed to just turn and look at the camera, you know. I'm, I'm walking out like this, and I'm supposed to look and say my line. And I noticed that they always like to point, the, the Indian brothers, right? <laughs> so I come out, and I'm walking, and I point, and I said, you're Iman. And I looked like this, and I said, with him, and the director was like, yes, yes. He comes out, and he's, he's like, this is it, this is perfect. And I was laughing, I said, like, I'm not really going to do that, you know. I was just doing it, it's just a joke, you know. <laughs> Behind the scenes, it's not my style. That's very important. Did you get that, yeah? <laughs> that, was, that was, yeah, I'm going to use that. <laughs> Father, Islam 21C, you know. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, I have to apologize in advance. We're completely going to rinse that and use it all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can imagine. Huh? You see yeah. it everywhere. No, but the, the thing is, is that, um, you know, the, and it's important as well, you know, each one has his own style. So, I mean, it's not yeah. my style. It's just, it's the brother's style. So, they use their own I'm style. I'm more of a slow motion walker. Yeah, that's my style. Actually, there, there is one. I'm, like, on the, I'm on the beach and people are like, I'm walking very slow. I was like, yeah. no, so I was really heavy back then. So, I yeah. thought I was going to sink into the sand. I was on the beach. That's, a, that's why I had to walk like that very slow. And it looked kind of funny yeah. how I was walking. In the, Some in people the have a natural swagger. So, yeah, where were we? We got our, we're, we're way out track. Uh, about I think the, you're talking about. Uh, Colin McGregor. Yeah, well, alhamdulillah. So anyways, I mean, if you look at these stories and how we can benefit from them. I said, yeah. in the family retreat, I came, I talked about Robin Williams. 
mm-hmm. and then when he had committed suicide, uh, yeah, any any type of that, I see time, this is this is a ibra. It's a lesson mm-hmm. for us, and it's a lesson we're seeing on the news. It's a lesson we're seeing on the YouTube channels. It's a lesson mm-hmm. we're you know we're, we're hearing about. So why not talk it from an Islamic? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I remember you guys, Islam Twenty C. You contacted yeah. me for something. It might have been about the Conor McGregor article as well. I was supposed to do my first article. It never happened. Maybe inshallah. Okay. Some, something after that will come. Uh, I didn't want to bring it up, but uh, yeah, I completely remember that. Yeah, so yeah, so that. It was actually you that contacted me. <laughs> Maybe it was my uh, PA. Alhamdulillah. So, so you know, the, the point being is that we need to capitalize on these things. Like this, this rapper who died recently, a couple of years, it was a year or two years ago, Mac Miller. This was his upcoming rap. Never heard of him in my life, alhamdulillah. But when he died, you know, committing suicide, drug overdose, these guys are going out. Yeah. And this shows our youth. That this glamour life, this bling bling that they're talking about. People are trying to escape him. That's when, it. When and they, they, because they, they can't deal with it. It's, it's, there's something wrong yeah. there. So this is what we need to capitalize on. So when we saw Khabib and we saw you know, it, it, the good he was doing, also let's capitalize it's on down, that. That one needs to be dynamic. That's it. That's really it. That. And also like and Conor McGregor's yeah. issues. And when, when, you, when you get too flamboyant and you become calling yourself God, that's when, arrogance. You're, that's when the arrogance, that's when the downfall starts to come. Exactly. We see, you know, he's crashing yeah. and burning. Yeah. Like I, do. I mean, and perhaps, inshallah, perhaps it could be yeah. a good for him. And by the way, yeah. you know, when he... But some people, they learn from the ibra. That's it. That's yeah. it. And that, that's you know, the that's the thing one. about uh, Muhammad Ali, rahimahullah. Subhanallah, yeah. he would say, you know, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. And when he got Parkinson's disease, he learned from the ibra. He said, yeah, the, from the lesson, he said, Allah gave me this disease to show me that he's the greatest, not me. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Allah, that's somebody who's, you know, trying to learn from yeah, the ibra and... You know, look at the uh, the, the impact he had. Rahimahullah. Even with the yeah, even with the with the non-Muslim, was just yeah, just yeah, for, yeah, the impact yeah. for us. You know, even with non-Muslims, it was it yeah. was it was phenomenal. You know, the impact he had. Subhanallah. Yeah. And he, we were talking about the issue um, about you know training. Yeah. I'm doing some MMA and some BJJ and okay. the issue of of hitting in the face. We we're debating with the brothers earlier because uh, that came up issue with you about Khabib. It always comes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you praising him. Oh, hitting the face, it's haram. Okay, Islamically, yes, it is haram. But what is the level? And it, and it was something interesting. There was a podcast recently with Brother Muhammad Hijab and Faris Zahab, uh, which is, uh, okay. he's the trainer of uh, George St. Pierre. The George St. Pierre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a Muslim brother, Faris Zahabi, by the way. Mashallah. <laughs> don't know who that is. Mashallah. <laughs> come on. If you don't know, you have, you, you have, you have like. I no, must admit that my no knowledge. MMA of, background, if you know. He's my, one of, my knowledge of MMA is not what he's he used He's one to of be. the greatest. And actually, I, actually I, by the way, I like him. I like George St. Pierre because yeah. and he, he, he does have some, you know, some humbleness. He does. He's, he's a very nice guy, and even if you and look like have, you can tell, some people have noble character traits. Yeah, D- D- Daniel Cormier, for example, mm-hmm. one of the. He's, and we're talking about non-Muslim fighters, but people have akhlaq, They have manners. Yeah. Even Dustin Poirier, the one who fought Khabib last last time, uh-huh. and I did actually talk about him, and then I had a problem uploading from. Uh, I didn't upload my YouTube channel, but it is on my Facebook. Some of the benefits we gained from the, the fight there, the post fight. And from that was, you know, the respect that Khabib showed, the good things that... So you're basically like a part-time MMA commentator, aren't you? Well, maybe. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> 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 benefits of yeah, every fight. Alhamdulillah. So, and yeah. interesting in this podcast... With That's b- a good b- niche, I think you found. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I thought I'm thinking about now. Because uh, back to what I said, in, in Bollywood, where they told me one time, the guy said, you're excellent behind the camera, you're a natural... I said, well, maybe I chose the wrong, uh, the wrong field to be in because I'm broke being a daddy, man. You know, I got no money. So look, I'd be a rich Bollywood guy, you know. Yeah, I have yeah. to be a little do you know, point all the time. Dancing and well. dancing, but at the end, I have some money. Stuck for Allah, well, the, the films are like three hours, man. It's yeah, not yeah, worth yeah. it. So, Alhamdulillah. I, I mean, I'd, go, I'd go Hollywood if I were you. Yeah, just feeling like, huh? yeah, You're done Hollywood in 90 minutes. Today. At least the voice. Yeah? Maybe inshallah I could go out. Stuck for Allah. May Allah protect us. Sometimes you have that stuff. It opens up for you and then you fall into the fitna. You fall into the haram. And he, may, may Allah help us So you're talking about Punching the face Punching in the face Yeah. So So uh, these brothers Criticize on, on, you on And you the, punch them in the, the face po- on, the po- <laughs> on the podcast 
And you know, that we talked about in the lecture last night about you know controlling oneself. The guy who's looking mm -hmm. at me at the airport, especially when you start to know martial arts. But that, the beautiful thing about martial arts, the more you know, the more uh, the more you understand about martial arts, the more you know about defeating your opponent, <laughs> the more confidence you get. Actually, the less you want to fight. Oh, okay. It's always the one who doesn't know how to fight who wants to fight. And they, they, and they, the they come with the haymakers and they come with this. And you just sit back and get in your stance, maintain the distance, and, and that scares and then he wears out. And then, bismillah, you go and you take him down. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy because he doesn't know how to fight. We do not condone violence on sound trading sea. Bismillah. And the thing, that could be my next yeah. article, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Bismillah, or my first article. I have to take someone yeah. out. That's it, take one down. Yeah. So you, you start to learn that you can do it. And, and the confidence that we you can do it. believe in love and peace. That's it, love and peace. Huh? So the, 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 the confidence that you can do it actually helps you not to do it. Stay out of the fight. Because yeah. you, 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 you know I could smash this guy. Yeah. You, know, and you, don't, have, you don't feel you have something to prove. That's it. So it's always yeah. the ones who have something to prove. But I mean, if someone attacks you, then you have to, you have to defend yeah. yourself. We mentioned the lecture last night about the guy in the airport who was staring at me. You know, and I said, like, I come from a giant Leah background. You know, where, where we're from, <laughs> you stare at someone, people would get shot where I, where I, where yeah. I lived, you know, or where I used to hang out anyways when I was... Uh, uh, a non-Muslim. Where, where, where was that? It's in uh, the D.C. area, Washington, D.C. area. I'm, I'm from the Virginia side oh, okay. of, the, of the border, but D.C. is like right next to us. So people would get shot for looking at people there. You know, yeah. this is, They used to call it gritting on them. That was, that was our term back in the day. If someone grits on you, looks at you like this. That, that's war right there. So this guy's looking at me in the, in the airport like this, and I'm like, this, this guy, man, you know? And he kept doing it, you know? It's just like really testing me. But then I remember the and then teaching... They were like Abdurrahim is that you? No, yes, and knock him out. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I didn't. Know. No, you get, this guy was a, was was a non-Muslim. You could see, and he was just looking at me. And and then you have that thing like he looking at you as a Muslim, looking at your wife as a hijabi. And you have to control yourself. But what is the teachings? What 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 is the teaching of our beloved Prophet sallallahu He said, "Laysa shadidu surati." He said, "The one who is strong is not the one who can wrestle people down." That the one is the strong one is the one who controlled himself at the time of anger. And that's one of the things that martial arts teaches you as well. You know you can beat someone down, so you have nothing to prove in, in, in coming to try to do it. Uh, so then, alhamdulillah, but when it comes back to hitting the face, back to the podcast, we're getting a bit off track. So you, you punched him? No, alhamdulillah, I, I control myself. I followed the sunnah, alhamdulillah, and just looked away. Yeah. And then just walked away, alhamdulillah. And, and that's my story, I'm sticking to it. Alhamdulillah, that's it. <laughs> So when I, when I walked around, uh, actually interesting story I have on my YouTube channel about the Muslim scholar who knocked out three racist thugs. Go back and listen to it. It's very beautiful. You know the sheikh too. Was it on yeah. the train? Yeah, yeah, on the train. You might know I the story. I think I heard this. Yeah. 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 I, I, the funny thing was that the sheikh ca called me and he said, I'm preparing my bag to travel. I'm listening to the story. Someone sent me on WhatsApp and it's you telling the story about him knocking the, <laughs> the, the people out. Three on one, Michelle. He was trained. Yeah. So he knew, he knew how to defend himself and defend his family. So if you need it, you, you use it, obviously. In the gym we train in in Ireland, uh, our coach, he taught us, and he teaches my son who trains with him, teaches, and, uh, and I, I, I train with him in, in, in private lessons as well. He teaches the kids. He said the other, these other schools, you know, about, you know, certain, you know, not, I don't want to, you know, talk about any yeah. negative about any martial arts, but certain martial arts, they say, don't only use it in the gym, don't never use it in the street. Yeah. He said, because it doesn't work. They don't want to be exposed <laughs> that it doesn't work. But he said, we want our kids, if they're bullied, if they're this, to, 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 to protect themselves, to use what mm -hmm. they've learned in the gym. We had one uh, kid, he was, a, he was a, a Polish kid who trained with my son. I know he had, he had some, you know, with his glasses, maybe a bit, you know, he was a cute looking boy, maybe someone he would pick on him by the way he looked, you know. Mm -hmm. he, he looked a bit miskeen how he would handle himself, but he was training with yeah. them as well. So this big bully was always, you know, picking on him for over a year. And after one year of training, MMA and, and BJJ, mm -hmm. he grabbed the kid, did a hip toss, put him on the ground, made the, made the bully cry. 
The bully kind of thought, you know, he got lucky. Came back two weeks later, tries luck again. Same throw, same put down, same result. So what happened? Our coach came and he said, I want to applaud him. And he came and he rewarded him, bought him a gift, and yeah. applauded him in front of all of the other students. To, if you're bullied, then use it. But you don't. And that martial will teach you not to be the transgressor. But if somebody comes yeah. to, to, to harm you. I suppose it's better than, uh, you know, the kid bottling it up and then becoming yeah, some mass shooter later on in life. It could, yeah, could have some, it, could, it, could, it could ruin him for yeah, the rest of his life, man. Right. And that's what bullying does. That's a, that's a sad thing yeah. about, about bullying. Even some who have committed suicide, subhanAllah. I think the, 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 very, the kind of the controlled and mediated use of violence in a very controlled and, and, and measured way, I think it's not as part that, of the that's, that's one of the things when we talk about learning martial arts yeah. for our kids. One of the good things about BJJ Mm. Is that you can actually take someone down and you can t- control them until an adult comes until they calm and, down until they calm down or yeah. they decide they, they say they're gonna you know you know calm down that kind yeah. of, and you could submit them if you need so to. So back to the original issue, Susan. if about punching in the face, somebody would say, okay. So the, on the podcast, uh, and he, he brother Faris, he said I can accept, and he said if there's anyone out there from a yeah. mufti, I don't consider myself a mufti. I'm a student of knowledge, but I, I will give my two cents on, on what he said because he said because we're not you know and and you know I'm not remembering exactly his phrases but he was saying that you know if someone is is, is actually um, you know it's they're not they're not like at war you know it's 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 a, it's a competition trained martial artist it's, sport. it's, it's like art. a, it's an art of sport but they're, all, they're also trying to see which one is superior so this is one mm-hmm. of the things they're trying to determine now or one of the benefits of going you know full combat is to determine which uh, martial art is superior which one is the best and how it can evolve and all these type of things which is very interesting what he said however we could say that with the first few UFC's that's been proven that the, the martial art that is superior is uh, grappling in, in BJJ yeah. and even Bruce Lee he mentioned that a person who trains in wrestling and boxing for one year he could be the lifetime martial artist that's how, <laughs> really? that's how effective wow. those, 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 yeah. those arts are and when it, but when it comes to the issue of, of hitting in the face, obviously the ruling stays the same, that it's not permissible in Islam. However, when it comes to sparring and things like that, as we were speaking with the brothers earlier, you kind of have to be in, in a live sparring situation to know what to do. Mm. When I would train with my coach in, 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 in Ireland, he would yeah. come and he t- you have to duck. You know how to move right, move left, move your head. If you don't move, what's going to happen? Bismillah. Yeah. He's, he's coming. You're it's gonna, your own fault. You're going to get hit. You didn't move. You, you knew what you were supposed to do and you didn't do I it. I mean, his, his, he was just doing that. Yeah, your so, your so face you had to so, be there. But obviously, here, with this type of sparring, what are we doing? He's not coming mm. full force and trying to knock me out yeah, yeah. and break my nose. I mean, it's or, different or, than, yeah. you know, someone grabbing you and trying to, that's trying it. to you know, yeah, beat the, the hell out of you. And that's it. Yeah. So if, that, if it's that type of thing, I think where you, you, you're sparring and, you know, with someone who's, who's a sane sparer, not the, the crazy one who's going all out, yeah. then I, I think there's nothing wrong with that to do it sometimes. You don't want to do it too much because someone could get hurt. I mean, that, that's my opinion. Okay. I, mean, I think okay. it, it's a bit of a, of, of, of a middle ground where you could, you know, when you're sparring, but as a sport and things like that, I think the rule is going to remain the same where it is haram. However, if that's what someone chooses to do, we have to remember that there's different scenario, different circumstances. People come from poor countries, they're finding a way out. Yeah. You, we're not in their shoes. And in the end, that's between them and Allah subhanahu and the, wa ta'ala. And the Muslim, Muslim community, we need to realize that there are some people, full of, the Ummah is full of people who they have negative aspects, but there's a lot of good, good you can learn from. And, that, that, and, good and we, we, see, we see a lot of the brothers who are professional athletes now, yeah. they might do some things that are haram, but they have a lot of good as well. We have to applaud yeah. that. And inshallah, and Allah will wipe, the, the good wipes out that's the harm, inshallah. inshallah. Not the, the other way around. Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> I always try to look at things as positive, yeah, you know. Uh, and as we talked about last night, the mindset of the believer, Always yeah. try to look at things in a positive light. Always try to find where's the hikmah, where's the wisdom behind things because yeah. there's always good in the affairs of the believer as the Prophet told us. Alhamdulillah. Okay, exactly. And on that note, I think there's another storm coming. 
have to some run lightning to coming. Another island, huh? I have to get get off this. There's an island now and tropical island. It's getting annoying as well. Zaklahar at home for watching. If you can, if you're still seeing this. Remember to subscribe uh, if you like this pro product. Uh, pro if you like this podcast, so I can't multitask at the same time. Yeah. If you like yeah. this podcast, yeah, I'm supposed to have a script. Right, yeah, let's a script so if you like this podcast, if you like this podcast, subscribe. Subscribe. Give it a like and a share. Give it a like and a share. And. and Slum twenty one C for life. Salman but is cool. Salman but needs to work on his accent. <laughs> it's too heavy English. Top of the morning to you. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, he is cool, man. He's a cool yeah, guy. Yeah. Cool guy. Uh, Freezing, yeah. actually, not now. Yeah, you're getting cool, though. Uh, yeah, I think we're done. Zak lachir. Can you get a for solution for humanity? <laughs> the solution for humanity. 21 Islam, 21C. <laughs> the solution for humanity. Actually, cut the bell. Might get yeah. some... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you might, you might. Ask for some royalties or something. That's it, yeah. <laughs> might get upset. Zak lachir. Zak lachir. Barak lavi, guys. Salam alaikum. Tala. Script.